Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm and starting the weekend with us. We appreciate all you guys out there, all our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Robbie, it would be sort of weird, a little, little odd, if Brupolo, the anticipation, was an alligator. Alligator. Yeah. Brulegator. Yeah, Brewigator would be the way to go with that. Yes. So. I have nothing for alligator. Looking at alligator and its location, I'm not seeing, I don't think this, I don't think that one's going to happen. I don't think that location is coming anytime soon. Is it it South Mississippi somewhere? Time belt or something? It is uh, up uh, Highway 61, uh, almost to Clarksdale. Oh, Delta. Yes, in the Delta. So, anyway. Well, wherever you are, if you're in the Delta, the Pine Belt, the Gulf Coast, or wherever, you can always get Strange Brew Coffee. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. And whatever kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on the front counter, that's going to work for you at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, we are 70-some-odd days from the start of the college football season. It's time to start getting prepared. Mike Leach has got his guys in the weight room preparing. You need to be prepared, too. And that starts with a trip to College Corner. Not only for yourself, to get yourself some brand-new logo wear-to-wear to these games. Might I suggest a white shirt for the first month of the season. But you can't get stuff for the tailgate. You need new tents. You need new games. You need new serving, serving trays. You need it all. If you're getting one of these new balcony things, man, you want to have some great stuff up there. So head over to College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. A different dining experience than you've ever had before, and one you can't have anywhere else outside of Starkville. There just isn't another Mexican restaurant anywhere that I've seen like Humble Taco, taking your favorite southern dishes and turning them into Mexican classics. Whatever kind of eater you've got in your family, picky, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, whatever it is, there's something for them at Humble Taco. Thinking about lunch today, why not Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app, and you can get your sandwich ready within minutes. And then you also pile up the reward points, so you're eating free sandwiches quicker than you think. Just think. Cost of gas right now. Cost of everything right now. It's a lot. Why not treat yourself to a sandwich just by ordering food from a place you like to all, all the time anyway? Firehouse Subs. Locations in Starkville and Oxford. Columbus and Tupelo, Flow and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, good to be hey. back with you. I had a harrowing experience today. I bet you went in there thinking, I'm going to be sitting here on Richard Cross's 
couch and I'm going to watch him cry. I hoped. I had hoped. I had hoped for that, but I didn't get it. I knew when the suggestion was made for me to do that, that I do two things. One, that I'm a professional. And that I knew that for a content purpose and creative purposes, this was a fantastic idea. And we talked about it off the air and we said, we got to find a way to do more of these or do more stuff like this. I, I listened to, I listened to some of it. You know, I was in my truck a little bit, yeah. so I needed. And I think from I a, kind a, of needed to listen to the offer updates. The viewing experience was maybe one of our best things ever. But so I knew that. So I from a person, from a professional standpoint, absolutely the right decision. From a personal standpoint, I knew the minute I said yes, that Ole Miss was going to win. Yes. I knew that I was, I am just not a good enough Christian that God does not love me enough for me to be able to drive to Oxford and sit on that man's couch and watch him watch his dreams and hopes dissipate in front of him. No. You need to go to mass a little bit more. I think I would need to go almost did, every day and probably tithe 50% of my income. For Richard attends church probably a little more than you do. He does. He does. So but, Jesus, Jesus wanted him to win more. That's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus doesn't care about sports. Your mother, just her, she just flinched. She, she, you're going you're gonna to get a phone call today. Just be aware of that. You're going to get one. Robbie Falk, I raised you better than this. So here's the thing, Brian. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Yeah. And there's a lot of people listening that are going to be upset. And for that, I do not apologize. I'm listening. We, I told you this earlier. If this team was not wearing red and blue, a lot of people in this fan base would be cheering for them. Good story. Great guys. They play the game the right way. They respect the game. They don't taunt their opponent. They've done things the right way. They got a coach. The fan base crapped on all year and for most of his tenure. And he has completely redeemed himself and gone from about to be fired mm -hmm. to a legend mm -hmm. at, at Ole Miss. So a lot of people, I know a lot of people that are baseball people that are kind of torn on this. Because Ole Miss has been a, a team to cheer for throughout this. But then you have the fan base. Brian, today I tweeted about, you know, how good Dylan DeLucia has been. I've said nothing but good things about Ole Miss throughout this entire run. And still, somehow, these insufferable human beings, most of them from Texas and Tennessee mm -hmm. and Georgia – that have never been to the campus of Ole Miss until, you know, last year when they became freshmen at Ole Miss because they couldn't get into school at Texas and Georgia and Vanderbilt. Those people have just completely engulfed my hate. The hate. The frat boys have, have entered my mentions and have engulfed me with the hate. I have filled my heart with hate. And so yeah. now, now we're back to square one here. Are, are, they are not natural. They're not natural. We have cream pie for the ribs, which I'm sorry, mother. My mom doesn't know what that is. <laughs> ah, I mean, you, freaking, ah. you people are freaking sick. You're sick in the head. And there's, that's a, there's a reason that you can't get into school at Texas and Georgia and Vanderbilt. And there's a reason that you're going to school there at a school that you didn't want to go to in the first place. But now that you're there, you have completely engulfed yourself. I've used engulfed way too much. It's okay. In the culture that is Ole Miss. And I just, I, I mean, that is what 
is is kind of I'm I'm torn on because I feel like too Brian that like Ole Miss baseball in a sense is a little different than the other sports for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. You can respect their program. You can respect the players. We're seeing what Tanner Allen's said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brent Rooker mentioned something that he was happy for Ole Miss and stuff like that. They're a little different in that regard. But then you still have these knuckleheads, the people that take their shirts off in the outfield and throw beer on each other and things like that. That just make it so difficult to that cheer. That guy who kills a two-liter every game. I mean, and, and, and also another thing, I, I just can't cheer for – we talked about – I talked about the, you know, the, the fact that Bianco has just been completely crapped on by this fan base. Yeah. There were people in the Super Regional that, that didn't want him to advance because they wanted him fired. Yeah. These people are now going to be able to celebrate a national championship. Those people deserve nothing. You deserve nothing. You know who the big winner of the College World Series is, right? Insulin distributors. All these damn jello shots. People, when you get home, Ole Miss fans, check your A1C. It's going to be it's, high. It, it's, it, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Some dude spent like $9,000 on jello shots. Like, and, and look, they want to give that money. It's going to food banks in, in Fayetteville and in Oxford. God bless you. If that's, if that's what they're doing, okay. But if you're just doing it just to say that you beat Arkansas in the Jello it, shot well, challenge. I mean, nobody's actually doing these shots. They're just getting thrown away. This was wasteful. They're just giving them money. And There's no way 2,000 2, Jello shots got shot. I don't believe that. No. I mean, if there's 500 people in that bar, they each did four from that one round? No. No. All right. Enough, enough of that. I just again, I see something get it pop out of your up. System. I got you. See some something pop up from Ole Miss problems on Twitter with a picture of Mike Bianco. No one could possibly deserve this more than Bianco. I guarantee you, we can go back to their tweets through their tweets and find a tweet about Mike Bianco. I'm not doing that. Needs to be fired. I'm not doing that. I, I can't, dude. See what? Again, if you follow Ole Miss troll accounts. Or I don't. Somebody people, retweeted it in like, my next, next, next statement. Next statement. If you follow people who retweet those old Miss troll accounts, you're the problem. Whoever that person was that you that retweeted it, unfollow. Unfollow. I don't my see friend. Not much of a friend that would retweet that. My friends don't do stuff like that. I promise you. All that to say, though. I'm I'm torn in in some regard because I do respect what Ole Miss has done, and those players and me Bianco deserve it. Yeah. But I don't. These people that some of these people that I know that are personal friends yeah. do not deserve any happiness there you go. whatsoever in their sports lives. You know what? Just let me talk, okay? Before we begin the MSU stuff, you ready? Look at me. Look at me. Let's take a deep breath. Okay. Take it. Take it. <sighs> One more time, in with the positive, out with the negative. Everybody, I hope you all did that. hope you all did that deep breath with us. Now let's move forward. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not triggered by the fact that Mrs., that Ole Miss is winning. I'm triggered by the fact that these fans are happy. Like, I understand. So we're going to talk uh, a little recruiting. We don't have a name for you. We can't play the song yet. But it looks like a, a recruit is headed Mississippi State's way. But let's start with some guys that are already on campus. Let's start with what is, without question, without question, the biggest question, for lack of a better word. Okay. Uh, this is off the rails so far. Yes. 
on the on the MSU front as far as football goes. What is the biggest question? It's the tackles. It's the tackles. You know, we know it's such an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? At left tackle, it's impossible for Mississippi State to get better than what they had last year. Not possible. There's no Charles Cross on this roster. There's not going to be one. On the other side, at the right tackle position, Robbie, I feel like it's almost impossible for State not to be better. Scott Lashley, God help him, was not good. He got pushed around. He gave up a lot of sacks. He was good for a penalty, at least a game. He just wasn't a good enough football player to be out there at that right tackle position. And I honestly think that Mississippi State might have been better served by just putting a true freshman and Albert Reese out there and just letting him take some lumps. I don't think it would have been any worse. And then you would have had a guy with experience coming back this year. But that's not what happened. So now, State's got to replace both those tackles. Now, State did. I think State's one of their biggest priorities in the transfer portal was to get a try to get a replacement, but they didn't do it. They failed in that regard, you know. And, and look, I've been pretty, uh, I've been pretty positive about State's efforts in the portals. Guys like Marcus Banks and and Hunter Washington, Jackie Matthews, the guys they've got in the secondary, the kickers, good stuff. But they missed here. This was a miss. Now, luckily, I I, I got to know what you're doing. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at. I mean, to your to what you're talking about the offensive line. I'm looking at. I was looking at a picture okay. uh, that Matty Dudek posted. We, we're sitting the, here. We're, we're doing a Zoom, and we have the video on, and he keeps like getting his face right in the camera. And I'm like, well, I'm not. I'm not trying happening? to be. It's I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be weird or anything. But like, I was trying to see if that was Dollar Bill. Trying to look picture. at my nipples. What's going on there? Oh my God. Will you let me talk? Yes. I was trying to see if that was Dollar Bill in the picture because he looks significantly like like slender, like not slender but more thin. And I was going to talk. About, I was going to talk about the word. I was going to talk about that. I was going to talk about the fact that he looks like, a, you know, a different kind of player. Yeah. So I, w- I wasn't trying to be weird or uh, anything like that. And, I, I didn't think that you were. It was just distracting, and I was like, what is happening? Anyway, what I was well, saying – You don't have to look at me, Brian, okay? You're in a little bitty box at the top of my at my computer, and sometimes I'll look at you, sometimes I don't. It's okay. Most of the time I'm looking at my tweet deck. Calm down. You're all worked up because of these Ole Miss fans. I didn't do it. You're not mad at me. You're, like my- You're definitely not an Ole Miss fan. I'll give you that. Damn right. Um. Anyway – what I was saying is I thought it might have been better at times to, to take the lumps with Albert Reese because I don't think the play would have been any worse. Now, State missed in the portal, like I said, trying to get a left tackle. They went after, I think was the kid's name, Mason Brooks, who ended up at Ole Miss, yes. who was coming from Western Kentucky, an air raid system. Would have been a great fit. He ends up at Ole Miss. That's a miss. State wanted him. He, he, they didn't get him. However, you know, obviously they did sign one of the nation's top junior college offensive tackle in Percy Lewis uh, from Mississippi Gulf Coast. And I think it looks like, from what we saw in the spring, he's going to get that first crack out there. And then at right tackle, you know, Albert Reese got some got some run out there in the spring. They can move Cam Jones down there if they like. And I think Dollar Bill, who you just mentioned, especially if you're saying he looks a little leaner, because I think mobility has been Dollar Bill's big problem, is he hasn't been able to – he's not as, as flexible and as, as agile as they would like him to be. 
I feel like State's got good options there at right tackle. And then at left tackle, I mean, if Lewis can't do it, it's going to be very interesting to see who they put out there. This is what I would say. If we were going to rate guys out of 10, Charles Cross is probably a nine, nine and a half. Lashley was, I mean, if I'm being generous, a four or a five. If I can just get two sevens <laughs> on either side, you're, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. So that's my question, Robbie. Can they get a seven out of 10 at left and right tackle? That, that's kind of been like the sweet spot yeah. like, that they have to be. And that, like that's what we've talked about since Charles Cross left. You just have to be adequate. Mm-hmm. You just can't be a, you know, a, a turnstile there at left tackle or right tackle. Mm-hmm. And like you said, tough to get worse at right tackle. And I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to to be mean to Scott Lashley or anything like that. But it, it, he just didn't have a great year, and miss that was kind of a weak point on Mississippi State's offensive line because they were pretty good in the middle of the line and they were really good at left tackle. That was a spot that caused some issues, especially late in the year against some really good pass rushers. So you you feel like you're going to be better there. With uh, Albert Reese, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's going to be the guy. And this is kind of a year where, like, you let him take his lumps because you feel like it can't get worse there. So you know you're probably going to be better. And also, you have to get him ready to be that next guy. He's got to be. He's going to be an NFL lineman if he stays on this trajectory. If he does, if he does what he's supposed to do, and he, you know, his his body's right and he's performing well. That guy's an NFL guy. I mean, I'm just I'm telling you right now. I'm, I'm just looking at the guy. Yeah. He is a he's an NFL dude. Um, but he's got to go out there and prove it. So this year, if the, if that's his job, go out there perform just adequately and you're in good shape on that right side. Left side, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I I've always I've always said that you brought in Percy Lewis to be the guy at left tackle. He's right. supposed to be a first-year starter for Mississippi State. I feel like you need that to happen. And, you know, there's, there's been situations where, you know, redshirting a, an offensive lineman has actually been better for them. Martinez Rankin. Martinez Rankin, Tyree Phillips did the same thing, and he yeah. was one of the best left tackles in the SEC his senior year. Martinez was was really good his senior year. So it's not it's not just completely alarming if he doesn't, but – if he doesn't, it needs to be because Dollar Bill is just that much better. That's what it needs to be. And I, you know, I don't know. He had a good. I thought he had a good spring. He really came on late in the spring because Percy was kind of the guy early, and then Dollar Bill kind of jumped in there. So mm-hmm. it's really just like like you said. Those guys just have to be sevens. You don't have yeah. to be a ten. Be a six and a half. Yeah. Just don't It'd be good. Be, just don't be above suck. average. Just yeah. Don't suck. Yeah, as long as you, like you said, turnstile is the word. As long as you're not that, you're go- you're going to be fine. The, the 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 idea of dollar bill out at left tackle is very interesting. You know, he he was at right tackle to start the 2020 season, and and quite frankly, struggled struggled out there at the right tackle position. Now we're two years later. Has he been able to sort of pick that up? You know, if he could be, if he could do that, Robbie. Now you got something there, especially if Lewis can deliver at left tackle, because I know the talent is there for Dollar Bill. He's such a big, strong guy. Yeah, if he can if he can handle that position. And again, we know what we've got 
when we're talking about Mississippi State in the in the middle, right? You know that between LaQuinston Sharp, Cole Smith, Cam Jones, and the rest of that group, that you feel really good about the interior offensive line. It, it's just these tackles. And it, here's the thing I would say is that year one was a real challenge for Mason Miller as the offensive line coach. You know, this that was obviously Joel was still on the podcast with me. Um, and we spent a, a good portion of every week just trying to figure out how a team with five guys couldn't block three guys. And it was, a, it was an issue the entire season long. Last year, it was much better, much better. And, and part of that was that Cross got better. Cross was much better his second year than his first year, I thought. But the offensive line improved under Mason Miller. And he went from a guy who I was like, I don't know about this guy. Exponentially to, improved. Yeah, to being a guy that's like, okay, I have, I have faith in this guy to, to put out a unit that can, can get the job done. This is going to be a challenge for him this year. But it feels like well, you, they were getting whipped by cool. three people. Yeah, they were. And I mean, it was a constant thing. It was not every other play. It was every play, they're rushing three, states blocking with five, and there's pressure on the quarterback. It was every play. They figured that out in year two. And now here we are in year three. They've lost the big piece in Charles Cross. Well, let me say this, and then again, if, if it's cruel to Scott Lashley, it just is, but State should be better at four of their five offensive line positions. Yeah. You know, I feel like that, the guys who are coming the, back will improve. The right tackle is just going to be better, and then it's just how good you are at left tackle. The, that's kind of the unfortunate thing is, you know, that's the most important position on the field. But if they had Charles Cross coming back, oh. I mean, this, this team might be a top 25 preseason. Like yeah, people would be so high on this team. Yeah. But there's there's still – I mean, the, and they're returning all these skill position players, but that is kind of like the hang-up. What are they going to be like a tackle? Mm-hmm. Because the interior looks really good. You're returning a lot of experience in the interior, especially at center, which is a super important position. Mm-hmm. But the tackle spots is just – and, you know, people have, people have used the right tackle spot as a concern, but like, like we've talked about, there's, I mean <laughs> – it can't get much worse. So it's just that left tackle spot, is, and that's a huge question mark. You've got to answer that question, and we'll see if they do. I mean, it, it, we, nobody nobody can expect them to be as good as they were with Charles Cross. But, again, you just have to be able to block a guy, a good speed rusher, to give Will Rogers time. If you're able to do that, this offense should be able to hum. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and, and again, uh, having the number what, two or three offensive linemen in the country, Juco-wise, is a good start. I, I think Percy Lewis will get it figured out. He's dropped a ton of weight. You know, I think he's, he's going to be ready to play. And then they'll figure it out between at right tackle with Dollar Bill with, with Reese. Reese is the guy I have the most excitement about because I do agree with you. He's built like an NFL guy. He's just got to perform now. And that's a big that's a big task, right? Not everybody does it, but he's got the, the ability to do it. I think so. We'll see. State's offensive line, I feel like it's going to be a better. Uh, it's going to be better than people think. I think here now we'll see. And and, and again, this is this is the the crux of everything because Rogers is is good. The running backs are all back. So many much of the receiving core is back. It's just can you block it long enough for Rogers to make the throws? If you can. 
offensively, you're going to be just fine, I think, in 2022. 20, uh, All right, let's, uh, let's move on in to the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're looking to grill out this weekend, why not grab some beef, grab some steaks, grab some burgers, put them on the grill. Life is good at that point. Head over to the butcher shop or your local grocery store. Talk to your meat market managers and your butchers. Those guys have always got great deals. They've always got some cuts maybe that you don't know about, stuff they can put out there for you. Talk to them, get in their ear, and then you make a good friend and somebody who can help you enjoy a lot of great food when you do that. And, of course, when you pick up beef, not only are you doing a great thing for your family, you're doing a great thing for the state of Mississippi, and it's 15,000 beef producers. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. I don't know, Drabi. You want to go to Two Brothers with me sometime? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You want to go with me? Me and you? Me and you? You want to go? You well, go? you said me you got to get me back at some point. Me and you want to go? You want to go with me? I mean, yeah. Get some tacos? I mean, yeah. Okay, we'll go. We'll go. Just making sure. Making sure you want to go with me. I'm glad our friend Steph listens to our podcast. He is. He is an avid listener of our podcast. He's a good guy when he's not stabbing me in the back. Great guy. So you anyway. Brutus. Did you mean Judas? No, I meant Brutus. Oh, uh, like Caesar. Like from Caesar. Yeah, I okay. could have gone with Judas. I could have. Either way, both of those notorious betrayers. I forgot. I forgot about Brutus. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Brutus and uh, and Cassius. Brutus and Judas. And Steph. Three of a kind. The three Serbs. <laughs> I don't think those other two guys were Serbs. Close enough. I mean, they're all, you know, same. You could draw a circle and maybe. They're not three. even in the same continent, are they? Uh, <laughs> two of them would have been. Okay. Caesar and uh, Judas. Brut- Brutus. Brutus and Judas. No, Brutus and Steph would be same continent. You're right. Yeah, Italy and Serbia. Caesar, same. yeah, Caesar. You're right. Judas you're right. was a Jew, so he Judas was been, in the Middle East, so he would be with with the sock. Yes, he would. See how it all works out. All well, of the that sock, to say the that, technically from Italy too, because isn't he Italian? I, he might be a little but bit. He's of both. Jewish too, but I, I don't know. I don't he's know. getting pulled both ways. Yeah, he is. So we're getting we're getting uh, we're getting a, a, a geography lesson. We're getting a lesson in genealogy. History. You learn everything. Hate. You learn everything on this Psychology, show. Psychology, I think, at that point. Yes. We say all that to say Two Brothers is awesome. <clears throat> great products, great service. That's what you always want to hear from your businesses. Who delivers on it, though? How can you know? Well, if your business you're dealing with has been open for 47 years, it's probably a good indicator that they take care of their customers. They treat their customers like family, treat their customers like the neighbors that they are. That's what Advantage Business Systems is. You're a Mississippi business. They're a Mississippi business. It makes sense for you guys to work together. Whenever you talk about, you know, you should buy local, buy local, that does that also counts for the pr- people who help your business out. Try to keep it local. Keep it with Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. All right, so like we said earlier in the show, we can't play the song because we don't have a name just yet, but uh, Mississippi State's coaches started tweeting out some uh, some emoji-related tweets and some things of that nature. Uh, and of course, I was picked up by the message boards, and, and that's where I saw you know, Paul Jones there with, with 24-7. 
it, Paul's one of the most level-headed guys when it comes to recruiting. You know, never too high, never too low. And he, he, he whatever this, whoever this commitment is, and he said he expects this commitment uh, as you're listening on a Friday, sometime Friday morning afternoon. He was impressed. He thought this was a guy that Mississippi State really wasn't that much in the game for, and it's a, a good player. I will say that it does not appear, if you're thinking, okay, maybe this is the quarterback, Chris Parson, he is at Florida State this weekend. He's taking an official visit. Robbie, for me, that kind of feels like a – and State's had these kind of things before where a guy will come in and they stay committed, but they're just waiting until they're ready to commit to the next place or they're ready to decommit. It feels like he's going to go down there, talk to the coaches, and just try to get everything straightened out with them as far as moving on. That's how, that's how that visit for Parson feels for me. Well, I don't think it's Parson. Just who, who could this be? It, it doesn't seem like, you know, like Zachary Tillman um, or, uh, you know, one, one of the Mississippi guys doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like it would draw that kind of reaction from Paul. Must be an out of state guy. Yes. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be an out of state guy. I think it's going to be a skilled position player. Not expecting Parson. No. But I think it, it is going to be a skilled position guy. And um, based on what I know, I think. Uh, a good pickup for state. I think a player that can, that can help them on the offensive side of the ball. And I think he is supposed to release something um, today. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Now we, we've been down that road before. Yeah. And let's, you know, let's, let's, let's <laughs> well, do, we, we, we did a podcast where we were basically saying it was over for yeah. Isaiah Mosley and that lasted for a, it was not it lasted for another month, I think. And it's still – and he didn't end up in Mississippi. He didn't even go here. Right. He doesn't even go here. Uh, so, we'll see. We'll see where that takes uh, Mississippi State as far as, uh, as as that recruitment goes. And then Parson, again, next weekend or, or next week is the, uh, the Elite 11 camp where he has been invited. And th- there was a lot of talk, especially from his family, that – he didn't want to do any kind of interviews until after that camp. So I would expect to get some sort of clarity on him. And quite honestly, Robbie, I would say that if he's not in the – I wouldn't even go so far as say in the boat, but if he's not decommitted from Florida State by the end of next week, it might be time to start looking at who the next guy on the list is. Possibly. I just I just get the inkling that he's not going to – I mean, he's taking visits to State, SMU – Florida State's looking. It just feels like that is just a matter of time, and I don't know if it's if it's going to be state. I mean, well, I'm, you don't ever count your chickens before the eggs hatch, but you know it. It seems like state's in a good position, and it. I doubt that he sticks with that commitment based on what he's done so far on, on his visits, and also the fact that they just continue to recruit guys. They're recruiting Brock Glenn. They're offering other players. It just feels like that one is heading into a different direction. And you, you got uh, FSU moderators starting to talk talk down about the kid a little bit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, that feels like it's beginning to end. Yeah. When, when, yeah. The, when the moderators start kind of discounting the player and right. stuff like that, right. that's, when you know, that's when you know it's probably over. Yeah. That's when, there, there's a term for that. I won't say it here. But you, you, you know who I'm talking about and was the king of, you know, throwing out why we're not going to, you know, this guy who, who we took this commitment, you know, a few weeks ago. Now we're no longer taking his, you, you know, what you know what I'm saying? 
You know who I'm talking about. I remember that one whenever Brad Cumbus um, went to the went to camp at Ole Miss, and they were like hyping him up, and they offered him after the camp. And the next day, he comes to Mississippi State and gets an offer and committed. Mm-hmm. And they said that the offer wasn't committable after they just watched him at camp. He went to the office to talk to Matt Luke, and was offered there on the spot. And they started hyping him up. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, he commits to Mississippi State. Yeah, that was like the ultimate. And those things have happened before. So, so should be it could be an interesting recruiting weekend for Mississippi State. And and maybe you know there's still another. I don't know if it's a, if it's a uh, an invitation camp or how that works. Well, then there's another camp coming. And we'll see, you know, if they, they can... Is there another camp? I think there's one in July, right? Oh, God. I think so. So... I don't know how, I don't know how we did this back in the day, man. Me, me and Paul used to go up there, and they had like 10 days in a row of camp. Mm-hmm. And they were all at like 10 a.m. till like 1. And we would go up there, sit there, and watch the workouts and all that stuff. And then afterwards, sit around and wait for whoever got offered and things like that. We did that for 10 straight days. And like, I've, I've kind of, you know, gotten out of it a little bit, but I come up there and help Paul out a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the other day when I went, I was just like, when, when is this over? <laughs> it was a hundred degrees. There was, there was literally 519 kids at this camp. Oh my God. And there were, you know how many kids were there that Mississippi State was recruiting? 40. Two. Oh, Oh, this was the bigger – okay, this was the other camp. Okay. 519, and there were two kids there that we knew were getting recruited by Mississippi State. Now, they had a few offered, mm-hmm. but my God. It's a process, my friend. It's a process. So, we'll see what happens this weekend for the Bulldogs on the uh, the recruiting front. All right, next week, sort of let's look at it. We've got in the uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Don't start coughing now. I'm fine. Opponent preview next week is Auburn, um, and then our SEC preview is Texas A and M. Is that correct? Um, it has to be A and M, Alabama, or LSU. We're picking. It has to be one of those. This is the one we were picking. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go A and M. That's fine. All right, we'll do the Aggies next week. Uh, should definitely have some recruiting news to catch up on. Uh, next week, the NBA draft is going on as we speak. Possibly Iverson Molinar, a second-round pick in that. Uh, we'll see if we have to talk about that, uh, plus a few other things uh, as we go along. So, guys, have a great weekend. And, uh, Robbie, and I'll be back with you on Sunday evening, Monday morning. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for the Thunder and Lightning on Superstar. Talk Mississippi Media Production.